Hi everybody, this is Klaatu. We're going to take a break from the usual format of going through all of the different packages installed on a Slackware Linux install disk and instead talk about something that I mentioned either in the previous episode or the one before that. I can't exactly remember because I'm one week ahead of myself in my recording schedule, so I don't remember if it was one episode ago or two episodes ago. But in one of those two episodes, I was talking about top-level domains, if you'll recall. And I mentioned in that segment open NIC, the Open NIC project. I don't think I've really talked about the Open NIC project either here or on Hacker Public Radio. I can't find record of me talking about it with a quick find on on the web pages uh, of my, my my this podcast or Hacker Public Radio. So I don't believe I've discussed it. And it's a cool project that you should probably know about if you're a geek. I mean, like a Linux geek on the internet, you should know about OpenNIC, not because you like you need to know about it, it's just because it is kind of an interesting uh, project, it's an interesting, I want to say experiment, and I guess by that I mean you could treat it as an experiment if you wanted. And either way, if you've never tried OpenNIC, I think it's worth trying because it might broaden your horizons, depending on what your horizons are, around DNS. So let's talk about DNS really quick, just to make sure we're all on the same page. DNS, domain, name, server, or something like that. Darn it. Why do I always do this? Uh, I I really hate acronyms. DNS. Uh, What is DNS? It says domain name system. Okay, there you go. NS would be name server. That would make sense. So DNS, uh, domain name system, is basically, and this is the, the classic, the classic description, and it's pretty darn accurate. It's the phone book of the internet. It's not a phone book that you interact with um, sort of knowingly. It's something that happens in the background, typically. And the way that it works, more or less, is that you sign up with some company that's going to give you internet. What do they do? They bring a magical box to your house, they plug it in, you join the network, and suddenly you're on the internet. But what what is being on the internet? What does that mean? Well, it it really means that you are on a local network that is your house, so your computer and that magical box. That's a network. Your 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 computer is talking to the magic box. Okay, great. Well, your house is part of a slightly larger network, and that's the network defined by the company giving you internet. Maybe it's, I don't know, your town, maybe it's your province, maybe it's your state, maybe it's just half your state, maybe it's your county, who knows? You're, you're on this, this, this network. Well, this network can talk to other networks, the state next door, the country next door, wherever, the, the country across the ocean. It can talk to lots of networks. So what I'm saying is that we have lots of little networks that are interconnected. You might even call it an interconnected net. Internet. Yes, internet is a portmanteau of interconnected networks. But again, what does it mean to be on the internet? So you've plugged your computer into to into a, 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 a big network where other computers are also plugged in to that network. Okay, well, basically, theoretically, all of these computers are now nodes on lots of different networks, and these networks can talk to each other. How do they find one another? Well, traditionally, they find each other by an IP address. And the IP address are numbers that the internet companies assign to their little networks. We have traditionally been using 
IP version 4, so that's the internet protocol version 4. I don't know what happened to version 1 or 2 or 3, but we're on 4. I don't know what happened to 5, but there is a 6, and some people are on 6, version 6. Doesn't really matter because they all kind of work together. It's all compatible. So, I mean, it's eventually going to matter, but it, it doesn't really matter. It's compatible. You don't, you, you, whether you're on IPv4 or v6, you're on the internet, you're talking to things. But we don't type in addresses into the web browser. We type in names of places like gnuworldorder.info or hackerpublicradio.org and so example.com and so on. The computers don't think of other computers or other networks as those names. Computers think of them as uh, could talk to each other through numbers. So in order to get to example.com, something has to translate, look up what number is assigned to the string example.com. It finds the number, this thing finds the number, and now your computer sends its message and it gets routed to the correct computer all the way across the world. That is DNS. That's the, the thing doing that translation, that lookup of, oh my gosh, I've got this string here. What's the number that's assigned to that? That's that's a DNS. That's a name server is what that is. And that's a, a whole system called the DNS, the domain name system. Now, it's important to understand that the, the numbers given to these servers, that it's not like they're it's not like you're decoding the server name like example.com well if i replace the e with a a b c d e a 5 and an x with a 24 x yep 24 um and so on no it's not that's not how that works it's just it's arbitrary the person who had the name hey we should make a computer called example.com that can literally serve as an example website for the whole world all the time. Whoever thought of that idea, they grabbed a number off the shelf and they slapped it on the server and they said, there, that's register this computer under that under that number. And they did. Who's they? Well, it's like the ICANN or something like that. I-C-A-N-N. Um, I think that's who, yeah, I'm sure that's who manages it. ICANN. Um, there's another organization I'm thinking of, but I don't think that's in related um so anyway i can uh some group somewhere was appointed by someone and i don't know my history well enough to to speak to even guess who, who those people are and how that came about but they became this um association that's that manages the, those numbers and no sorry they don't they don't manage the numbers. They manage the names, the domain names. So if you want to create a server called mycoolserver.me, then you would go to ICANN and ask, hey, does anyone have mycoolserver.me? If they, and they'll look up in their registry. And if someone has it, then you don't get to use that name. You have to come up with something else. You can choose a different top-level domain. You say mycoolserver.biz, mycoolserver.biz. Uh, international, mycoolserver.tk.io, you know, whatever. Like, you can just keep cycling through those top-level domains till you find something. Or, ultimately, you might just have to come up with something different, like my really, really cool server, something like that. So ICANN is the organization that, that, that serves as the great big internet registrar. If you can't register your 
server's name with ICANN, your server sort of doesn't, I mean, it doesn't. It doesn't exist on the internet. Your computer may be connected to the internet, but you can't tell anyone how to get there because you don't have, you haven't named it, you haven't registered it with that central authority of ICANN. So nobody could get to your computer by its name. Now people could, if you, assuming you're connected to the internet, people may be able to get to your computer if you just tell them the numbers. If you go to, uh, like, if you do a curl, ICANHasIP.com, that's ICANN, that's, <laughs> that's not ICANN, that's ICANN, I-C-A-N-H-A-Z-I-P.com, ICANHasIP gives you your global IP address. So that's that's your network. Your network has a number, and that number you can find out from ICANHasIP.com. You can curl it or you can go to a web browser or whatever. It just gives you your the outside world looking at you. That's what the internet sees. Your network, not your individual computer that you're on right now, but the, the network that you are within, the, the gateway server, that, that magical box, remember, that the internet gave you, um, that, that thing has a number. And it's assigned, it, usually the numbers are assigned dynamically, because there's not enough numbers for every body, so we have to keep rotating them out and st silly stuff like that. But um, usually they're, they're rotated, or they're, they're assigned dynamically. But once you have it, you usually have it. Like, unless you disconnect your, uh, your box and then plug it back in, now you might have a new number. So, I'm telling you all of this because, I, I mean, it's important to understand it. And also, it's important to sort of understand that those numbers are separate from the names and it's separate from the physical computer in front of you and that it that it's rather dynamic. That's kind of an important thing to keep in mind, just to have in mind. So anyway, um, DNS. You register a name. If you want, you could then point that name by creating a DNS record. You could point that name to a computer that you own. Now, one way to do that is to go to a web host and you register with that web host. You, you purchase their services and you say, hey, I want some space on a server that you own with its own number and I want a slice of that that server, I want it to bear this name that I paid for and got from ICANN. And for a certain amount of money, a web host will do that for you. They will take your name, they will slap it, I'm, I'm being metaphorical here, they're this physical things, but they will slap it on the server and, and and they will they will link that name to the number on that server. The way that a name and a number gets linked like that is that the, the web host or you, they, they, you, a DNS record is created, and that's just a, a, a little message that gets sent out to name servers out on the internet as just an update. And, and that update is, hey, there's this registered name, and the owner of that name has contacted us and asked that this number is now associated with this name. And now you're in the phone book. There is another way to do that, and that is to just point that name to one of your literal, your own computer, like your own network. And this is tricky because you have to deal with firewalls and routing and things like that, but you can do it. You've got the name that you've registered from, from ICANN, so you, you go to where you got the name. And lots of places sell names. They're, they're authorized by ICANN to resell, you know, to, to, to register names, essentially. One such place would be webhosting.coop. It's a sponsor of this show. They, they host this show at no cost to me. It's, it's a big, big deal. I don't talk about it nearly as often as I should. So webhosting.coop, go there for your name, your domain names from now on. Um, 
So webhosting.coop, you go there, you log in, and there's a place in your domain list, you know, the ones that you've purchased, your not your shopping cart, but you know, your the my domain section. You go to your um your list and you go to your domain and you can create DNS records for that name. You need an A record that points the name that you purchased to the number that you got back from ICANNHASIP.com, so your global network address. And now, when someone types in that name, the phone books of the internet, DNS, understands that that number and that name go together, and so they it, it sends people, it sends any traffic that comes through the servers to your network. Now, the problem there, as I mentioned, is that now people are just at your network. There's a firewall in front of your network. People can't normally just get in uninvited. That's a good thing. So what you have to do is go into your router and tell your firewall to allow traffic traveling on port 80 and probably 443. That's HTTP and HTTPS, respectively. Let that come through the firewall and what when it comes through the firewall route it to your server the, the server that you want you know you that name to be to, to sort of respond to so you do have to do that extra step if you're not using a web host web hosts obviously expect traffic to be coming in they route that stuff all the time that's what they do your router doesn't expect that it expects traffic coming back in response to your call out but they don't ex- a router a home router doesn't expect someone to just come knocking on port 80 for a web server that's not normal doesn't mean it's bad it just means it's not expected okay so that's the dns system and why sort of why it exists, what it does for the internet. I think that's a pretty thorough, I mean, almost 12 minutes, 15 minutes of, of explanation. I think that's a pretty thorough explanation. Not very technical, which is fortunate because I don't really know all that much about it. I know it runs on port 53. It talks in messages. You can go look at the, the, uh, the, the, the protocol and figure out what it does. Dan Kaminsky knew all about it. He was brilliant. I'm, I'm afraid he passed away very recently. Very sad. Um, but yeah, it's it's a big system. And everything that I've described for 15 minutes, that applies, but notice how it's just the default. Like, that's just, you, you call up the internet company, you get the magic box, you're on the internet, you have a phone book. Wait a minute, where did that phone book come from? Well, that phone book is the, the system that everyone agrees to use. They Everybody in the world says, you know what, we, we want to be, we want to create an internet, so we want to talk to each other, and if we are going to talk to each other, we're going to have to use the same system. We have to know how to find each other, because if we don't, then we're going to type in a, an address, and we won't be able to get to some other network because they're not they're, they're using something different and and that this hasn't always been the case and i don't know a whole lot about this so you should ask someone who was a lot more active on the internet than i was back in the 90s but there, there were things like uh, CompuServe and aol they didn't use dns i mean they i think they had sort of like gateways that you could get to so that you could use the internet but their defaults were were their own systems i don't know what they were probably something proprietary that that probably nobody knows what they were but well somebody knows aol used aol keywords compuserve i don't know what they used i just i I might even be getting that name wrong but they used other systems by which you could find the the popular you know 150 websites that existed back in the 90s 
maybe more than that, but you know what I mean? I mean, it was a much smaller internet. So if you were an AOL customer back in the 90s or, or whenever, you could you would open up your, you know, AOL browser, I, I guess, and you would type in an AOL keyword. And if you look at old 90s stuff, like, I don't know, cereal boxes or something that were really, really, you know, getting out there on the internet, you, you would see things that would cite the AOL keyword. And, and they would say, you can find us on the World Wide Web at, uh, I don't know, you know, example.com or using AOL keyword or, or rather, or on AOL keyword um, example, for, for example. Um, and, and so people who were on AOL would launch AOL and, and they could type in example and they would be sent to what you and I call example.com. So DNS is the, the default system because it, it benefits everyone to use the same system, but it's not the only system that, that could work. It's not the only system that's ever been around. And furthermore, DNS, the, the server network, it's, it's a big, it's, you know, it's a, it's a global network of DNS ser- of, of name servers that have these phone book-like records st- stored on them and that can do lookups really fast and find those names and numbers. That that system, that name server system, that again is kind of, that's the default system that everyone has agreed upon because once again, it benefits everyone to be using the same phone book. Otherwise, how are you going to get to example.com from New Zealand if example.com is hosted in the US, or maybe I would go to example.com, but I would get a different example.com in New Zealand than I did in the US, and that's not a desire, that's not what we want. So it is a global thing, and it is pretty much standardized just by by mutual agreement, like we all want to go to the same internet. So now imagine, dear listener, that a group out there said, you know what, we're gonna run our own name servers. How weird would that be? Because then you, in theory, what you you could go to like example.com if you were using this other name server, and it could just take you anywhere. It would have a different number assigned to example.com. Or you could say, okay, we're going to run our own name servers, and we'll use top-level domains that the rest of the internet isn't using. And for everything that the internet is using, we'll just, we'll forward on or or we'll keep a copy of that phone book. But we'll have our own private phone book of top-level domains that, well, I say private, I should say our own version of a phone book. We will have our our phone book and it will have top-level domains that no one else is using. That's the OpenNIC project. So if you go to OpenNIC, that's O-P-E-N-N-N. IC dot org. That's Oscar, Papa, Echo, November, November, Indigo, Charlie dot org. If you go to openNick.org, you'll find their project uh, page. And if you scroll all the way down to the near the bottom of the page, it's a new top level domains. That's what the, the section is called. So they're using top level domains that are not being used by um, by the internet. .bbs, for example. .indy, I-N-D-Y, for example. .libre, L-I-B-R-E. .geek, .null, .pirate, .parody, .neo, .o, just O, just like a, a library, an object file, uh, .o, .oss, like open source software, and a couple of other. Oh, .gopher, that's a good one. Uh, and a couple of others. And so these are top-level domains that if you 
personally, dear listener, uh, unless you're on Open Nick already, if you type in uh, example.geek, or, or let's do one that I know exists, grep.geek, you, you won't find that on the internet. That doesn't exist on, I shouldn't say the internet, I should say on your internet. And, and that's a, a confusing way of saying it, I guess, because it is the same internet. But you're using just one phone book. And what OpenNIC Project provides is another phone book. So you could go, I can go, for instance, grep.geek, and there I am. I've, I'm, on, I'm on a site called grep.geek, believe it or not. You, you might not believe it, because if you type it into your, into your browser, you probably are, aren't getting anywhere. But you can you can go there if you're if you're using this other phone book because then your computer would know from a, a name server out there that hey grep.geek actually gets mapped to this number. Okay, so how can you use OpenNIC for yourself on your own network? You can't find that out with a cup of coffee in your hands, my friends. Let's go get a cup of coffee. We'll come back and we'll configure everything to use OpenNIC. <laughs> We're back. I've got coffee. It's my old grid coffee again from Grid Cafe in Dunedin. It's good stuff. Made it. I've I've had it all the different ways now. I've had it in the plunger maker uh, pot. I've had it in the mocha pot. I've had it in the from the uh, percolator. Had it all the different ways. It's it's great no matter what. It's a really good coffee. Is it as good as my default like flight coffee? Maybe not. Maybe not. I flight I am I flight I really enjoy. I have I mean I guess I must, right? I keep ordering coffee from them and I don't have to. So, yeah, I guess I do like it. But anyway, this is good stuff. This is fine. This is great. Um flight does have a summer blend coming out very soon. So, as soon as I am done grid, I will be switching over to I believe this one is just called summertime actually. Um so let's let's do this open nick thing. It's it's actually not that hard. There there are some tricks to it though and I'm going to I, that's why I thought that this episode might be useful. There are a couple of different ways to do this and and I have my preferred method which I'm going to go over, but I do want to acknowledge up front up right here at the top that you could do this in a couple of different ways. Like if you're on a network where you don't have say over what your router is is doing, then you can configure just your computer to use OpenNIC. But it's it I would say that that is a substandard experience because you know then then it's it's on every device on your network you have to switch over and that can be easier and more difficult depending on what kind of device it is if you configure it in your router though then everything everything on your network inherits those settings well after a fashion i'll go over that in a moment okay so if you need to do it just on a device i mean really it's it's as easy as uh what is it cat slash etsy slash hosts uh you could do like um Oh no, that wouldn't work. What am I talking about? Well, it might work. It kind of depends on who's doing... It's not hosts, by the way. It's Resolve. I, I knew that. Um, it, it could work, depending on what your network... On You can set your own n name server 
in Etsy Resolve .conf. and you could just say uh, name server. Uh, let's go to Open Nick Project really quick and get a, a, a server. Uh, 103.87.68.195. There. Now, now your 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 one device when it when it, it assuming that your device is actually looking at Etsy Resolve.conf and that your device isn't set to automatically reset Resolve.conf, then then now you're using an Open Nick. Uh, DNS server. But that's, uh, like I say, that's suboptimal. It's not really what you want to do. Ideally, it, so what I'm saying is you can do that. On one device, you can go to et slash etc slash resolve with no E. Well, R-E-S-O-L-V dot conf. No E after the V. Um, and go in there where it says name server, erase whatever's there, and put in a DNS number from opennick.org. They're listed right there on the front page. There's like four of the closest ones to you. Or you can click view all and view all the possible uh, servers. It's just a number. So you put that in, you save it, and then your computer, just that computer, is it, when it goes to search for what a name means, when you type it into a web browser, it looks at an OpenNIC phone book instead of some other phone book. Now, like I say, OpenNIC is quite nice, and if if the name that you've typed in, like um, example.com, doesn't appear in their phone book, they immediately forward you, or you know, give you back a number from the big wide internet's phone book. So there's no loss of functionality, you just gain a bunch of new server name. Okay, so that's good. But we really wanna do that at the network level, honestly, because that way all your devices in your house or your apartment will use OpenNIC. Also, your computer might be set to reset resolve.conf without you. So if you're using Network Manager, which is really nice. I mean, I'm using Network Manager on, on my Slackware box and, and I love it because it just, it makes everything just kind of really easy to start and stop and switch to a different VPN and all these other things. So I use it, but Network Manager, manages slash etsy resolve.conf. It, it wants to ensure that that thing is up to date. So it will rewrite etsy resolve.conf after you reboot or, or, or after you unplug and plug back in, that sort of thing. So like the, the network. So just be aware of that. If you do this in your, in your router though, in, in your, I should say your, your, really your modem, like the, the, the magic box you get from your internet company, if you do it there, then nothing's managing that. It's just managing itself. You're typing stuff in, you're saving it to its firmware, well, to its, its on, onboard storage, uh, and then it just stays there. The only tricky thing is that some, you know, it, it just depends. I mean, I've been on some pretty backwards networks in my time, and uh, some internet companies just don't think you should have a say in any of the settings. And so that that could be a problem. Mine mine didn't really want me to have a whole lot of those settings either, but I just I copied the settings from the box from the internet company over onto my the router that I actually use and I dial in and it works. Well, I don't dial in, but you know what I mean. I connect and it all works. So on mine, I have a TP-Link router, and if I go to a uh, network internet, there's a value for what kind of connection type it is, a username, which is actually a weird generic name that the company makes you put in, uh, a password, which I don't know what that is, so I'll never be able to get back onto the internet if, if, if something happens. Um, it's a password that they assigned me. Um, and then an IP address, which is my IP address, but then there's primary DNS, secondary DNS. Now, by default, those DNS 
providers, those servers were just typed in, you know, auto-filled by the company that I bought the internet from, the internet package from. I didn't buy the whole internet. And, and those are just their name servers. They, they type those in because obviously they're a, a company and they want to ensure that, you, they're, that you're using name servers that they have control over or that that makes it sound nefarious they have purview over like if they just type in i don't know 8.8.8.8 which is actually a google name server chances are that'll be fine but then again they also can't control that they can't adjust those settings they can't they can't know if something goes wrong when you call and say, hey, my internet's gone down, they don't know now. They have to go check with Google to make sure that 8.8.8.8 is still going strong. That's just too much. So if they if they do their own their own system that's closer to you geographically anyway, you'll get better service. But that doesn't mean you have to use them. The name server doesn't, there's no, like, that's not an, a method of authentication. You can change those. So if you change your... The, the DNS servers that your internet connection looks to for name resolution to numbers provided from openNIC.org, then you will have crossed over to the OpenNIC project. But wait, wait, there are some notes here. First of all, DNS servers, the, the list, the primary, secondary, that it doesn't work like a cascading... It's not a cascade. Those are, are that really you're only talking about one server, the primary DNS server. That is your that is your DNS server. If that one is cannot be reached, then the secondary will be used. But it, it's not a case of what well, I'll just use uh, Google's name server for my primary, and I'll use the Open NIC as a fallback, or, or I'll use Open NIC as my primary and then enter Google's for a secondary. Don't do that. That's not that's not what you want. It's it's not going to be like, oh, I, I found all the open NIC stuff here. I can't find this one, so I'll go down to the Google one. That's not how it works. It is the primary DNS is what what your network will is going to use for everything, unless that primary goes away. So use open NIC name servers for your primary and really your secondary. I mean, technically you could use open NIC as your primary and then like Google or something, open DNS, whatever for your secondary. But trust me, you're not going to like it if you do that. Because what will happen is that one one day, far in the future when you've forgotten everything, one day your primary DNS will be down for a moment or it'll, it'll be delayed just just enough to tick over to the you know the, the the time to live expires and so you and so your system switches over to the secondary and all of a sudden you can't get to your favorite dot geek site now what's wrong you don't know is it is it that where where's the problem you don't know what's really happened is that your primary dns went delay was was delayed too long and now you're switched over to your backup your secondary but your secondary doesn't know that open nick exists but you don't know if that's what the problem is or if uh if if that site has gone away or if open nick has gone away if that server has gone away you it's just too hard to troubleshoot don't do it just use open nick servers there's no reason not to use your primary and your set your primary and secondary to open nick if you're going to do open nick you don't have to i'm just saying if you're going to do it do primary and secondary Okay, so now you've got your DNS servers set in your router. You save it, you, you know, you, you flash the firmware, you, you, you flash it to memory, whatever, you know, reboot or just save it. It depends on your router, how sort of robust it is. And theoretically, you're now using OpenNIC, right? No, not yet. Um, so 
What you actually have to do now is pretty much you, you need to force your DHCP leases on your network to expire and renew. So this can be tricky, like trickier than you think it should be. And I'm speaking from experience. So, I mean, you know, normally on my local network, there's not really any good reason to expire leases very often, to be honest, because I mean, really typically my, you know, I connect a, a computer to my network and it's connected for three years. Like that's, that's the computer on my network. And I know exactly how many devices on, in my, on my local network are, are connected. I have a guest network for unexpected visitors with devices that need to connect to a network, but my local network, I, I, I know everything, all, all the mobile devices, all the TV kind of devices, all the computers and uh, what else, pies and, and servers and I don't know, is that it? There's probably something else that I'm not even thinking of that connects to a, to a, to a, oh, my phone, my phone, that phone right there, that desk phone connects to the internet. So everything in the local network, I can pretty much point to and tell you the number if I, if I go there frequently enough. There's no real reason for me to recycle IP addresses on this little local network. I mean, I don't even have the network open to all possible addresses. I've got it subnetted to just like, I don't know, let's say 24 devices or something, maybe 48 devices. I don't know, but it's not, it's not a hundred. So yeah, in fact, I think it's, no, it actually, I think it is 100. It, it's over 100. But I mean, it's not the full thing, right? Um, because I just didn't feel it was necessary. That's why. So um, there's no reason to, to cycle out addresses, to renew leases. It's just, it's fine. It's fine. So I had, I had my DHCP, uh, DHCP lease time set to, I, I don't know, like 4,000 minutes or something like that. But for this change, you really need those leases, honestly. You need the leases to update. And you might think, oh no, it's it's not a big deal. I'll just, um, I'll, I'll just jiggle the wires a little bit. No, you need the leases to expire. So go into your router or wh- whatever you've got serving DHCP addresses, your, your DHCP server, that's usually your router, unless you've configured it separately on your own. Go to your DHCP route, uh, uh, server and either, you know, revoke all the leases or set the expiry time to like two minutes and then wait two minutes for everything to refresh and then for good measure reboot everything. Like really, I'm telling you, your 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 devices, bless their little hearts, they're gonna try to hold on to what they know. They're, they're gonna try to hold on to their name servers, they're gonna try to hold on to the, the routes that they've memorized. They're, they're, there's, they're just it's it's bizarrely difficult sometimes to get devices to forget the history of the network. I mean, I'm exaggerating a little, but not by much. I mean, it really is. You 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 definitely need the leases to expire and then to renew. That is the requirement. Everything I else I have said might be a little bit of hyperbole, but you do need those leases to expire and then to renew. So set the expiry time to like two minutes, save it, wait two minutes, three minutes, come back, everything will look the same, but you should be able to open up a browser and go to http colon slash slash grep dot geek. And I'm using that as an example because that's kind of the a search engine of 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 all these weird top-level domains, grep.geek. Uh, so if you can go to grep.geek, then you're definitely on OpenNIC. Like, you cannot get there without being on 
the open NIC system. Like you are now, you now have access to that special phone book. Okay, so now that you have access to that special phone book, okay, so if you don't have access to that special phone book, the problem is either your name server or the DHCP lease hasn't expired, thereby uh, renewing your, your name server information, your cached information about that. So those are the two things you need to check. So check the name server on the router again. Make sure that that's name servers provided by OpenNIC. Remind me to tell you what to do if... if if every if nothing's working at all, um, so make sure those num those numbers are the ones provided by OpenNIC project, uh, and then look at on on your computer that you're testing this on. Look at Etsy Resolve and make sure that that name server has rippled through into Etsy Resolve. If if it hasn't, then either again your lease hasn't expired properly, or maybe just reboot your computer or disconnect that device from the network and then reconnect, thereby f uh, hopefully forcing that lease to expire and then to be renewed uh, or for those settings to update again you could just reboot the computer too that that should do it as well or possibly and this is on one of the network one of the devices on my network i remember i i this was a problem um because and it was my work one because i had i had at one point entered some special name servers into network manager because i needed those or or at the time i needed those and and after after you know after a while I didn't actually need them but I'd never gotten in there to to remove them because I mean everything was working but they were overriding the defaults in Etsy Resolve so check in Network Manager if you're using that or whatever system you are using for network management check that to make sure you haven't at some point in the past put in overrides for some reason. Maybe it was, you know, because of a special VPN thing that you were using, or you were just trying out different names, or who, who knows? Whatever it is, just check that. And again, rebooting devices is is often very good. Keep that lease time really low for a while, for, for like the afternoon, like really, really stupidly low, like two minutes, maybe not for the whole afternoon, maybe for like an hour. Um, you can lift it back up after that, I, I reset it. I didn't go all the way back up to 4,000. I put it on something like uh, 240, which that's that's not bad. I could probably extend it a little bit, but I, I kept it there and it's been working, so I probably won't change it. So ideally, you should see open NIC sites. You should see at least grep.geek. And again, your you know, your browser might try to get in there and correct things for you too. That's why I say like start out putting in like HTTP colon slash slash grep.geek because if you just type in grep.geek, I don't know, your your browser might think, oh, you're searching for something because that's obviously not an internet address. Well, it is, but you have to preface it for, for the browser. Um, after that, it'll probably, you know, kind of cache it and you won't have to do that. But first couple of times you might experience some weirdness about that. Okay, so that's grep.geek, that's OpenNIC. What about getting your own name? Yeah, you can do that with OpenNIC. That's the cool, one of the cool things. OpenNIC, it, it's, it's not, it isn't ICANN. They don't have to, like, raise money to keep themselves employed or anything. It's just a, it's a fun project that people do. And so you can get your own name for a server that you own, you can register it for free for zero dollars and then point it at a server that you own. That's kind of cool. That's fun. So if you go to um, uh, b.libre, b.libre, you can create an account there. And once you do, then you can uh, register a name as long as it's available under the, D, the .dyn 
or geek or gopher or indie or libre or oss or parody or pirate um, top level domains weirdly you only get them for 28 days I don't know why that's a thing. I'm assuming it's to discourage, you know, people from, like, domain squatting, basically. Um, but yeah, you, you do have to renew it every 28 days. So I don't know how long-term <laughs> that is, you know. I mean, I mean, I've seen sites that have been around for a long time, so I don't know if they're just automating that renewal process or if they're just being really diligent and renewing it. I'm not sure. But you could try that out. Like I say, you point it just, just and, and you, so once you register it in b.libre, you can put in your DNS, uh, yeah, you, um, yeah, you can create DNS records, rather, and that'll make an entry into the open NIC DNS system. That was redundant. DN system. DNS system. And, and then when people go to mycoolsite.geek, then it goes to your network. And of course, you've punched a hole in your firewall and you've pointed it to your actual server, your Raspberry Pi, whatever, and now you've got an internet site there. But it's an internet site that people can only get to if they're on OpenNIC. Pretty interesting. So it's a little alternative internet. And I don't mean alternative in sort of like a, a subterfuge kind of way. I'm just saying it's alternative. It is different. It is, it's using information that other people are choosing not to use, mostly by ignorance, probably. I mean, a lot of people don't know that OpenNIC exists. That's just not a world that they're familiar with. What do you mean you can have other internet sites? Like, how, how is this possible? Well, through the magic of DNS. What is DNS? Go listen to GNU World Order. So you can be on this, uh, in this little, in this sort of neighborhood of of open nick where you've got your own phone book to look at and you've got these other sites that the rest of the internet doesn't necessarily know but that doesn't make it anything it just makes it a place that is different there's no this isn't like an encrypted subset of the internet this is not the dark web you've heard so much about this isn't anything like that this is open nick this is a place that has internet domain names that you can register for zero dollars and have content on the internet, which I really like. I mean, I know that domain names aren't that expensive. I mean, I have too many. I've been trying to trim them down, but and by too many, I have like, what, five or something? Some people have a lot more than that. It does get expensive, and sometimes you just don't need that. Like, I don't need my home server to be accessible to to everyone discoverable by everyone it's fine if it is but i don't need it to be i and, and i don't need to pay for a stupid domain name but i want to have the freedom to get there if i want to in a pinch from the internet and so i use maybe an open nickname domain name it's it's a real convenience it's great for testing it's great for just experimenting it's great for just in, in, participating in a in a subset of internet users i mean i don't know who's out there on open nick i mean i kind of do from from grep.geek but I mean, I don't really, you know, like you just don't know. It's it's like a it's a smaller little crowd of people doing things on an internet that's just a little bit uh, set apart from the rest. It's kind of fun. You should try it. Like I say, really, there's no loss of functionality. Open Nick has its own phone book, and if a name isn't in its phone book, it passes you over to the worldwide DNS system. The only theoretical danger here is that maybe. You misconfigure something like you you go in you set something up um 
and you just you got it wrong. You you put in the wrong numbers, or you put in you put the numbers in the wrong place. That's that's a danger. And if you do it really really badly, I guess you could screw up your entire internet, right? You could accidentally put in an open NIC name server instead of uh, the IP address of your internet provider, and maybe you needed that. So that would screw everything up. And if you hadn't written that down, then you wouldn't know how to get back to the internet. And you'd have to call your internet provider and, and admit that you've been messing around in the part of the router that they told you not to mess around in. But beyond that, I mean, especially if you, you know, take screenshots of your existing settings or whatever, just to, just so you can roll it back if you need to, or take a, a backup, uh, you know, download a backup of your router settings, something like that. But I mean, really, if you, if you just update to open Nick, and then, like I say, get those DHCP leases expired and renewed. Can I say that one more time? Get the DHCP leases expired and renewed. I'm telling you, if you do not do that, things will mess up on your network. Not like catastrophically, it won't implode, but things won't work, and you'll think, why isn't that working? And you won't think that it's because of the DHCP leases. You'll just think, I don't know, I guess the TV's just not, the signal's not coming in. Well, your TV's running on the internet now, maybe, and, uh, you know, you, you, you didn't, you, you, you don't have control over your TV's network settings. It's getting it from the router. You didn't let that DHCP lease expire. It was working a minute ago, and now it's not because it's trying to, you know, so who knows? So do what I said, like get those DHCP leases expired and then renewed and probably for best, you know, for best results, just reboot practically everything. Just force everything to ping that router again and to ask for new information. That's the, that's the vital thing. And it's not just the IP address, understand. It's, it's all the settings that come along with it. That's the tricky part. Cause you can think, you can look at an IP address and say, yeah, that's, that's, that's new. That wasn't what it was yesterday. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean that everything's been reset. So really expire, renew, super important. Other than that, I mean, it's it's just a cool little system, and uh, I think you should check it out because, like I say, you don't really you don't know DNS until you've kind of strayed away from it a little bit. I don't mean going and joining AOL. I mean, you know, like open up the doors a little bit. Like look at another DNS server. It's weird that there are other DNS servers, but there are. Open Nick, check it out. Thanks for listening. Talk to you next time. Thanks for listening. My name's Klaatu. You can reach me anytime over email with feedback or comments, tips, or just to say hi. My email address is klaatu at slackermedia.info. You can also reach me on the Mastodon network, not klaatu, at mastodon.xyz. The show's intro and outro music is by Fat Chance Lester. You can find their music on bandcamp.com or on gnuworldorder.info in the archive you'll find a music directory containing the album from which this music has been extracted until next time thanks for listening and keep the source open
case, I was just born inquisitive. Ever since I can remember, I wanted to know the why and wherefore of just about everything I saw. 